Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 117. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella, back from the lake, fishing expedition, yeah. successful. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Smith Mountain Lake down there uh, near Roanoke, right outside of Roanoke, a little bit past Charlottesville. It's a huge lake, a lot of fun. Uh, the weather held out, you know, uh, a week before the trip, I was looking at it and I was thinking, oh man, it's so depressing. Rain every day, rain every day. And it it was nothing what the weather, weather had predicted. Just hot. So we got, you know, the 4th of July was steamy yeah. that Tuesday. And then the Wednesday, Thursday was kind of warm too. But the mornings when we were fishing was beautiful. Did they uh, do fireworks on the lake for they the did. 4th? Yeah, several yeah. marinas had fireworks shows. We just sat on our dock and watched them. You could them. watch them from the dock? Yeah, even, yeah. even better. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, we did a cove day where we packed a bunch of coolers of as many beers and seltzers and drinks that we could get, uh, made little snacks, and uh, went and anchored uh, some of the boats in a cove and just floated and played big music and um, had a big boom box and played music. Sounds horrible. <laughs> how did you how did you make it through that i mean tell you just, what I, yeah. I love cove day uh and shout out to everybody that uh, made that happen so it was a lot of fun how about you yeah uh, yeah no I, I saw your name on facebook a red white and blue tournament oh man why what's that yeah that we do that every year at the club it's, it's really it's a lot of fun um yeah you get to play it's you play our course but you play like six holes from the from the um the back tees and six holes from the regular tees and then six holes from the upper tees. Ah, red, white, and blue. That's why I get it's red, it. Red, white, and blue. So, I get it. Um, and it's really cool because uh, there's a, a handful of holes on our course that are um, from the upper tees or the the, the the forward tees. They're gettable. I mean, they're short. They're a lot short. Like par fives become like you know long par fours. And right. There's a couple of par fours you can drive the green and. Uh, it's, it's always a lot of fun. It was, as you mentioned, sweltering. I mean, it oh. was, you know, 88 degrees and probably 96% humidity, you know, it was, it was, it was humidity. Oh my God. It was crazy. Killer. But, uh, no, we had a good time. Uh, good friend of mine, Eric Lund, um, took home a massive payday. Uh, he made an Eagle on a par four, uh, and won a, a skin, a gross skin and a net skin and ended up netting close to $2,000. Wow. In, uh, in, in shop credit. So I'm like, what, what are you going to, you going to buy gold plated golf clubs with $2,000? <laughs> I mean, like, how can you spend that much money? But yeah, he had a huge payday. Um, I played okay. It was, it was all right, but it's, it's, it's again, that, that event is just, I think it's a fun event. Um, and you know, we, we have a good group of guys that we play with every year. So it's, it's a lot of it. It's just about spending the holiday with friends and, and doing some fun stuff. So that that's always fun. So yeah, it was, awesome. it, it was a good week. Yeah, absolutely. We took a week off from super talk podcast and uh, kind of regrouped. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Well, I tell you what, man, there has been news flowing and we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, there's been rumors, yeah, no, no and- movies, no nothing. Um, not a whole lot going on that first week. So we punted, 
Um, and now it seems like this week uh, a lot has hit the wire, and it's just crazy. There's a lot of craziness going on right now. Um, we need to talk about a lot of it. And we do have two episodes of Secret Invasion to talk through as well. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, before we get started, we always like to thank the patrons that bring the show to you. And these are the listeners that donate money every time we come out with an episode. It's only a dollar, people. If you'd like to support the show directly, go to our patron page, patreon.com slash supertalk is how you become a member. And thank you for those of you out there who support us directly. It's great. Um, we're going to move the review of the two Secret Invasions sections from our reviews section down to our topic of the week. We'll, we'll cover that in our topic of the week this week. So let's just jump right into the news. Um, <laughs> it seems like this this is a record that will never be broken. Um and we've said this a million times on on our show, Titanium. Until Marvel comes out with an official casting announcement, the casting rumors for the Fantastic Four will continue to happen. Um, this story has continued to get even spicier, and I think one of the things that has made it even more compelling for us as fans is that we were so hopeful that we would be getting this announcement at Comic Con, yeah. um, and that's one of the big news items that we have to talk about this week. Um, Marvel, Sony, Marvel Studios, Marvel, Marvel Comics Studi will still be there. Yeah, but. Marvel Studios, Sony Pictures, mm. HBO, um, Prime, I believe, are all skipping punting Comic Con this year. Unbelievable! All of them. Unbelievable. And we were so excited and hopeful for massive. Hall H presentations and announcements from all the studios. We we know everything that Sony has going on this year and moving into next year. We got we talked about it in our last episode the Craven the Hunter trailer that came out. So they they got a movie to promote. We know Madam Web's coming out later this year. We know they have massive plans for another Spider Man movie, right? Uh, which will probably be fit into that MCU schedule at some point in time. Uh, we were really excited about Sony coming forward and kind of talking about what their plans are for the Spider-Verse they're building, a live-action Miles Morales, right. some you know animated yeah. features they were going to do on top of the Across the Spider-Verse. Nothing from Sony. And then Marvel came out and said, yeah, we're skipping too. Mm. Um, and we were hoping for not only kind of a clean slate, a revamp of the MCU kind of schedule for the next few years, given the announcements they made at Comic-Con last year, um, we were hoping for a updated schedule, which we we've seen some of the changes to the dates so far, but nothing really around Disney Plus too much. We were hoping for just give us a, a an update. We know you changed things, we know you delayed things. Just give us an update, as well as hopefully a casting announcement for the Fantastic. That was Bar. my big one. Right. That, that was my big one. It's, it seemed like the perfect time and venue to release that information, and we're we're not getting any and, of it. And, What's really caused this, uh, and, and I don't know too much about the second one, but the first thing that caused this is the writer's strike. So yep. the writer's strike has continued to uh, linger, and uh, there's a lot of things that the writers are demanding that the studios are working through right now, um, and that is not coming to an end or hasn't come to an end yet, and, and we don't know what the foreseeable future is. But that has caused an enormous amount of delays in some of the projects that are in the works right now. And there's this pending actor strike as well yeah. by the Screen Actors Guild. I believe their contract expired July 1st, and they're kind of trying to negotiate new terms there. And so even if they were able to cast these actors, the actors wouldn't have been able to come to Comic-Con because of the strike and all. So there's just this 
uncertainty in the industry right now around these strikes. And I think all the studios are like, look, it's just not worth it for us to invest the time, energy, money to go on stage, make announcements when we can't really bring any of the actors on stage. And look, it's hugely disappointing. And, and you and I talked about how excited we were to finally get tickets to Comic-Con. And we didn't get our tickets. We were so disappointed. But can you imagine had we finally got tickets to Comic-Con this year and we had made arrangements to go and this is what happened? Man, I would have lit someone's ass on fire with a very strongly worded email. <laughs> you motherfucker, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, I would have been pissed. It's, it's unfortunately, it's extremely disappointing for those fans that Can really, you imagine? really spend so much time and money and to get there. Booking everything. And there, and- you know, you know, now, as you mentioned, most of these, these studios will have a presence on the show floor. So the so Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios do plan on having a booth, showing trailers and stuff like that in the booth and talking about the movies to the conference attendees, but there is no massive presentation at no, all age. No, no re- big um, reveal, uh no actors on site, no and, n- no actors in 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 cosplay walking around. Right. And unfortunately, I think one of the things that it's just made it too convenient for these studios to do this because Marvel, I mean, Marvel Studios now has D23 and Disney Plus Day where they can do this stuff in their own venue, in their yeah. own schedule. So they're not pressed to do it with, no. in Comic-Con anymore. I've always said that. It makes business sense and it makes smart business sense to kind of start to you know, wean yourself off of Comic-Con when you have D23 and your own, uh, you, you know, kind of announcement event. Why share all the attention and revenue? I'll tell you why, though. Here's why I tell you why. And this is why I'm a little upset about this, is that Comic-Con was started by and for comic book fans. Mm-hmm. It's the fan and the fan base where they said, we're going to create a conference and bring all of these people together. And that's why it's special, and that's why it's important. Yep. And so now these studios are saying, we're going to put on our own events, and we're going to invite media influencers and outsiders and all kinds of others. It's not the comic book, the core comic book fans that they're speaking to that are the attendees of those events. Like, you and I, as Super Talk podcast people, might get an invitation to something like that. Yeah, don't hold your breath. But as comic book fans, we would not. Correct. That's my point, is that you're you're now catering to an audience that's not your core fan base, which Comic-Con is. And that's why those Holly's presentations were so awesome, because people would just go over the moon with excitement about what yeah. was being announced. Yeah, and the word of mouth and the social reach was far extending. But again, um, not I'm not saying it's right. I don't agree with it. But from a business standpoint... Oh, it it is absolutely more lucrative to hold your own event, and lucrative but selfish. Of course, it is. Right. When is business so not? Here's the question: Greed Titanium is good. Have Have you um, <laughs> the one studio we had not heard from was DC and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, correct. And they still have not made any nothing. kind of announcement nope. yet. So I, I guess at this point, so what? Gosh, what is the Hall H presentation exactly you know, right now? And if they haven't announced it, I mean, Comic Con's from just my a couple pers- weeks, a couple of days away, right? Uh, the sixteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it's a week, a week from now, right? Now, week, for, week from. And we haven't heard anything. So here's a great question: If I'm James Gunn, what a 
glaring opportunity to capture a audience that is just dying for content. And, you know, he's got some pretty big announcements to make, which we'll talk about here, but what a great opportunity for him to just capture this audience and just get all the love in the world Huge. for him. He, he could he could shine some of the tarnish that The Flash has left on some of the DC fans with this opportunity. Right. Uh, and I 100% agree with you, Professor. It's like a lead into the be, Blue Beetle movie. Correct. It would be a lead into the whole new DCU oh, that he's building and he, setting up. He should, he should cash out on the Blue Beetle movie on this in this event he should definitely promote it and it should be the lead uh superman let um legacy legacy should yep. also be featured heavily and if he's smart he would reveal some nuggets for the fans that that show up i, I think that would be very smart we'll see i mean I, I and i'm not holding my breath because they're probably under the same pressures that the other studios are under right. in regards to the strikes but I mean, even if it's just James Gunn on stage, like painting his vision, you know, like that that video he did that was like five minutes long. I mean, even he gets up there for half an hour and just talks about these projects and what he plans on doing. And, right. And God. throw a couple of graphics behind exactly. him. Exactly. Throw a couple of pictures of exactly. some actors. And we know that they're working on a couple of animated features. You know, it's like, you know, show show some pre preliminary, you know, you know. It's a huge opportunity. You're yeah. absolutely correct. A huge opportunity. And it would be, it would be remiss to say... Um, that they fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, these are outside circumstances. I believe had there not, I think the strikes were a convenient excuse for them not to attend. Agree. Had there not been strikes and these studios decided not to show up, I think it would have been much more of a story, but they can hide behind yep. the writer's strike and the actor's potential actor yeah. strike as a reason not to attend. And I think that that's what they're doing. I agree. Yeah, agree. Just like some of these, you know, and, and, and shows hid behind COVID. You know, this time of year for us, there are obviously, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Flash movie, and in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking about Blue Beetle. You know, there are movies that come out during the summer in the summer blockbuster uh, season for us as a, as a as a podcast for you guys. But Comic Con is one of those things that we look forward to every summer to kind of talk through what we hear. I mean, we did an entire episode on Comic-Con last year because there were so many announcements by all the yeah. studios, and it's like kind of disappointing. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll work through it. Yeah. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about, so that'll be fine. But to get back to the original point about Fantastic Four, so a couple of weeks ago we spoke about uh, the potential of um, Adam Driver, Margot Robbie kind of losing favor in regards to the castings that were rumored, heavily rumored to be They wanted be more true. money. They wanted a shitload of money. And uh, they, <laughs> they were they were demanding yeah. upwards of $20 million a picture. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, another rumor is, you know, well, I don't want to get into too many rumors, but uh, Emma Stone had been offered the, the, the role in the past, and that was a rumor as well, but she said there's not enough money in it. So... I think the actors are looking at these big comic book media movies as massive paydays because they saw people like Robert Downey Jr. get successfully paid for these these projects, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm for a years. Big, big name actor. You know, you're gonna you're gonna pay me when I do, get these roles." And the studios are like, "We can't really afford to do that." I mean, you know, here's a good example: Fantastic Four being a, a clear and present example. They're gonna have a movie. We know that. Highly likely that those characters are going to also be in the Avengers Secret Wars movie. If Of course, they will be, and maybe featured in other projects. So they're getting paid $20 million for their 
appearance in the Fantastic Four movie, but then every other time they step on sc- screen, are they going to get how much? They, that's what they're working through. Yeah. And those two actors, you know, um, Adam Driver, Margot Robbie specifically, demanded too much money, and the studios were like, "No, we're not doing it." Yeah. And I, in some ways, I respect Marvel's decision there. And again, insiders have confirmed that the two of them have basically all but been eliminated as candidates. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Driver potentially is still in the mix for other reasons, but which we'll kind of talk about. Um, but I think they may, they may need to cut bait with one actor or actress to get another one on and those types of things. But um, the, the, the only one um, digs uh, the guy from Hamilton uh-huh. is he's the only one that's, I think still primarily, He's been offered the role as the thing, and I believe that he's solidly going to be the thing. That's the only one that I've heard has been somewhat confirmed and agreed upon the terms. Right. And we spoke last episode about um, the woman from Mission Impossible in the new Mission Impossible movie taking on Sue Storm. I believe that that is highly likely now going to be happening. But Jodie Comer? No, no, no. Not her. It was um, the other one. Okay, the other one. Well, well, yeah, well, it'll it'll come to me eventually. The other Uh, smoke show. Yeah, the other blonde smoke show. Um, But yeah, I I think there's rumors now. (sighs) Unfortunately, we've talked about this. Until an announcement is made, rumors will continue to proliferate. I believe Marvel really, really wants a big-name actor to be Reed Richards. That signature role, you know, it used to be... Good. Kaczynski. Well, it used to be that Marvel roles could make you famous. Chris Hemsworth, Chris M- Evans, right? I mean, that's where you came to become a famous actor was yep. coming to Marvel. And now they're, you know, in years, in the recent years, you know, they've taken some Oscar winning actors and actresses and given them roles in Marvel movies like Brie Larson and Mahershala Ali. And, you know, they're, they're kind of bringing bigger name actors in. I believe that particular role they want to be a big name actor. And another rumor out there now that Adam Driver has kind of bowed out, Ryan Gosling's name is being thrown in. And, you know, he has been in discussions with Kevin Feige about a role yeah. in Marvel and only if and when it made sense. Yeah, we we speculated it might be Nova, but I could see him being Reed Richards. Absolutely. Until the Barbie movie comes out and his <laughs> whole credibility is absolutely crushed. Uh, I don't see how that movie will, will do anything. But yeah, I mean, they can't, they cannot, We and we've said this a hundred times, Professor, they cannot screw up this casting. This, the, the Marvel's first family is too important. Right. It, it's, it's way too important. They cannot screw up this casting. And Marvel hasn't so far. Uh, there's some questionable roles for some people here and there. Um, but for the most part, Marvel's been hitting home runs with their casting. And they cannot screw up the Fantastic Four. It's too it's too big. It, it's too much. And and, and the, the more they wait, the more pressure is on this movie to kind of get them back to their glory days. So it'll It's be a huge. Vanessa Kirby is the actress, by the there way. There you go. Yeah, so she's the one I believe is now. Uh, and from what we hear... Um, Matt Shackman, who's the director, that was his first first choice, was her. And now that they can't get Margot Robbie, she is likely going to be the Invisible Woman. But um, again, 
we were hoping in about a week and a half we were going to get this announcement and yeah nothing. highly likely that's not going to no. happen now so no. um rumors will continue until the until the facts hit the hit the wire and do we think that they're going to wait until d23 to make that announcement maybe yeah i would be with all these pushbacks they they probably could and, it, and there's no harm in doing that no but i would be um, very pleasantly surprised if they chose to make an announcement outside of that. And that would earlier, which an would official be announcement, but yeah. it'll leak. It'll leak. Oh, the leaks will happen. Yeah. But again, until we get an official announcement, it'll just be a rumor, right? Right. Um, another rumor that I'm super excited about, and we need to talk about how and why this could happen. But uh, so Captain America four, which is now, now not called new world order. It's called the, uh, Brave New World. Brave New World. Uh-huh. It has been filming, uh, just recently wrapped filming, by the way. Um, and they've completed uh, primary uh, principal photography. Um, was filming here in Washington, D.C. And Robert Downey Jr. was spotted driving fancy sport cars in and around the filming set in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So, question is, what is Robert Downey Jr. doing filming scenes for Captain America 4? And why would Robert Downey Jr. be filming scenes for Captain America 4? I think you and I have got our theories, but um, huge news for him to come back in any capacity, even if it's for a small cameo. Uh, We know he's dead. He's obviously dead in this iteration of the MCU, other than a possible multiverse incursion, all kinds of other things, but we don't believe that that's going to be a big plot point of this movie. Why would he be back? Two things. My two theories are one is uh, very simple. He was filming a supercar show uh, and they used part of that production. This is another. So he has a show on HBO max, I believe called, Downey's Supercars. Yes. And the premise behind that television show is all of his uh, high-priced vehicles that he has purchased over the years, he has is giving to a, a team of engineers to retrofit and become eco-friendly vehicles. Correct. And so the rumor is that potentially he was filming an episode of that show, which, by the way, season one is fully out and done, and the only reason they would be filming a new episode would be for season two. But the rumor is that he was filming that show in and around the set of Captain America 4 was just a coincidence. Or a cross-promotion of his show and a Captain America type of cross-promotion between Marvel and his show. Possibility. Second is he is on set filming uh, scenes for Captain America 4 as a scroll. Ooh. Ooh! Okay, so that was not where I was going with this. Okay. Um... That is huge. So as a scroll or because, okay, which we'll talk about when we talk about Secret Invasion. So he's back as a scroll or did the version that died, was he a scroll? The version that died didn't turn Wouldn't into a scroll. Wouldn't that just. Usually when they die, they right. turn back into. So I don't think that was the thing. That, um, I, I wasn't I going a, there with I it. I have another My theory. Other theory. I have a theory. Go. What's My your theory? theory is that it's a flashback scene. Okay. Um, we know that William Hurt, who played Thunderbolt Ross um, in the MCU until he passed away recently, um, was in several movies, was in The Incredible Hulk, was in, you know, uh, 
Civil War, was in Black Widow, uh, several movies. He played a ton of movies, yeah. Thunderbolt General Ross. Thunderbolt yeah. Ross, uh, ultimately the Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense, right? And Thunderbolt Ross, and he passed away. We know um, in Captain America 4, um, Harrison Ford is taking over that role. He is now Thunderbolt Ross. So we know that he is replacing William Hurt in that role. And we believe he will be president of the United States in Captain America 4. Mm -hmm. Thunderbolt Ross will have been elected president or made president. We'll find out. I believe Secret Invasion will feed into that, and we'll figure out why that happens. Um, I believe it's a cameo, and it's a flashback flashback establishing a relationship between Tony Stark or extending the relationship of Tony Stark and Thunderbolt Ross, which they had in the post credit scene to The Incredible Hulk. Um, the two of them meeting together just to kind of build some history between Thunderbolt Ross and Iron Man slash Tony Stark as Harrison Ford. So saying, oh, well, they interacted in the past and here's some things that they did and talked about and, and plans that they had. And maybe they was filming scenes as a flashback. And I believe it's a flashback scene. Awesome. What, what was your other theory? A hologram. <laughs> <laughs> he could be an AI system. It's driving cars around. Which we're hoping is going to happen at some point in time. And in Armor future. Wars would be great. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that he was... Either a cross-promotion between him and his show or a flashback scene would make more sense. But if he's in the movie, even in a flashback scene, that would be It would really help awesome. the movie and push the oh, movie. Oh, for sure. Because I think the Red Hulk, to be honest with you, I'm more excited to see the Red Hulk than the new Captain America and the new Falcon. I really am. I, I, I think... Uh, I think the MCU has uh, almost uh, destroyed the Hulk as we know and love him. Um, and I think they have made a him really, too soft, made him too soft. Professor Hulk came on too strong. He's actually shrunken. He's gotten littler. Uh, he's like, what, seven, two now, seven feet. I mean, he, I think I, the Hulk we saw in the Incredible Hulk movie. Um, that's my Hulk. Yeah. 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 In that movie, and I'd say in the first Avengers movie, agree, were perfect, uncontrollable, furious rage. You know, even I was okay with the um, can sometimes get along with the other Avengers. You know, and, yeah, and you know, Thor and him can kind of have little fights and stuff like that, right? But still, this uncontrollable rage beast yeah. is you know that could you know bring down a helicarrier, right? You know, that's what you think about you know Correct. with the hulk and i agree with you what they did in ragnarok what they ultimately then did with professor hulk in in um not really Infinity war but Endgame, kind of went too far in the other direction you know even thanos kicking his ass uh, you know even thor kicking his ass in ragnarok yeah 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 i don't know yeah so anyway i agree with you I'm looking forward to that movie, though. Yeah. No, Captain America 4 is going to be great. Yeah. And, you know, Serpent Society, you know, we Val and what she's got going on. We'll get some more insights into that. And I do believe everything and every anything that we're seeing in Secret Invasion is feeding directly into that movie. That and the Marvels, potentially, which we'll, we'll kind of figure out, I think, hopefully, eventually. Yeah, maybe gloss over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so Benedict Cumberbatch was doing an interview um, this past week. Uh, promoting a bunch of different things he's got going on. Obviously, he's a very uh, highly decorated, successful actor. Um, but he did allude to the fact, you know, they was talking about some other projects he's, he's working on, but one of the things they said, and he said, oh, and 
I know Marvel's filming a couple of capers next year that I'll be in. Uh, capers was an interesting word to interesting. use. Um, no official announcement about uh, Doctor Strange 3, although we believe, highly believe it will be coming out and will be out either before Kang Dynasty or between Kang Dynasty and Secret War. Um, Secret Wars, the uh, end credit scene from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with Clea coming in talking about the incursion in the Dark Dimension and all that other stuff. It obviously needs to be resolved at some point in time. I don't know if that's what he's referring to or, or is he referring to being part of another project that they are filming. The only two movies we know for a fact that we'll be filming next year um, are the Fantastic Four and Blade. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how or why he would be involved in either of those projects. Would be interesting, though. I'd love to see him in Blade. Blade? Yeah. <laughs> that would be love really to see interesting. Him in Blade. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Could it potentially be a Disney Plus Um I know that Agatha House of uh, or Coven of Chaos or whatever it's being called now has primarily wrapped. I mean, they've pretty much filmed most of that already. I don't think he's going to be in that or he is. It might be a short cameo, a small one. Um, but what other Disney Plus programs could he be in potentially? I don't know. But no. so, but the fact that he's saying I'm filming for Marvel next year is a big deal. Yeah. And we just don't know what it Encouraging is. Encouraging the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. No, no, no. It, it, I mean, and his character is extremely important. And you and I have talked about this many times in previous episodes of this concept of kind of the dark side of the MCU. Right. Right. Doing, doing a Midnight Suns or Marvel Knights or whatever. That kind of side of the MCU where you're supernatural, kind of horror. They, they put the their werewolf finger, by night. They put their yeah. finger in it with Werewolf by Night. They and just Moon Knight. Kind of, yeah, and Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, looking back, I just watched an episode oh of Moon Knight God, because I, I wanted to I wanted to see something uh, in Moon Knight. And I I watched an episode back and that show was better than I remember. So good. That show is better than yeah. I remembered. I think what really threw people was the insane asylum and going into that dimension yeah. with that. It got a little, a little work, wacky, a little wacky there yeah. with you know the the scarlet the um, well, scarlet scarab. Yeah, that that kind of it, it went kind of a little wacky there, but it finished strong. Like the fight scene at the end oh, it was awesome, was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I, man. That's amazing. Uh, just a I really just thought good about show. that, Titanium. What if it's Moon Knight Season 2 that he's going to be in? Interesting. Wow. Oh, and my they, God. And they team up. Can you and imagine? create the Midnight Suns. Can you imagine? Oh, that's a blockbuster. You, you don't put that on Disney+. Plus. You put that in the theater. I know. I'd rather see that in the theater than um, Armor Wars. I'd rather see a Midnight Suns than Armor Wars. I know. There you go. Wow. A anyway, but the fact that he said he's filming something next year is encouraging. So we'll, we'll kind of see what's happening if there. He, if he is in Moon Knight Season 2, I'm going to pull up this episode oh, and take clips of it. Here we go. You called it. The professor called it. Go. Going deep. That would be very cool. I oh, mean, I, I do think that that is a... You know, we you know we've heard Kevin Feige speak about this, and we know that he's really kind of mapped out the next ten to twelve years in the, in the MCU um, already. But I do believe what he's talked about, you know, kind of the street level 
uh, heroes like Spider-Man and Daredevil and kind of the, those kind of people, obviously, street level. Then he's talked about the cosmic, you know, the Guardians and all the cosmic Ms. level. Marvel. Right, exactly. And then he, then I do believe that dark side or the Marvel Midnight Suns. He's building be, it. Would be huge. Werewolf well, again, by Night. Moon, Moon Knight, Knight. Blade. Right. right. Ghost Rider eventually. Oh. Wow. That would be so cool. That would be great. I mean, uh, and again, these writer strikes and delays just make all this stuff, you know, pop down another year or yeah. two on the schedule. It's like so, so depressing. But anyway. We'll be patient. One of the things we are highly encouraged about, I, I, Titanium, I mean, these these news items have been coming up everywhere. It's looking like Deadpool 3 is going to be the cameo movie of cameo movies. They There are so many people now being rumored to be in this movie as a cameo. And are they pulling the Flash, though? Or is it, I hope it's well done. Oh, it no, because the Flash did it in like, you know, five minutes with that little like kind of globe thing that was spinning around. Mm-hmm. I believe these people are going to be in the movie in real scenes. Wow. We've always said... Look, we know the TVA is involved. We know Miss Minutes, and we yeah. know um, uh, Mobius is going to be in the movie. We we know right. they're they're in the movie, so the TVA knows what's happening with him popping around to different multiverses and different timelines and all yeah, kinds of I, other I stuff. I think it's it was Cable's time machine that right. alerted them to what he was all about. So we know that's happening. Yeah, um, and we know him and 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 Hugh Jackman obviously are the, the big part of the movie, but. We believe that there was a run in the comic books. Dead Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, right? Where he goes off and just starts killing off a bunch of different Marvel characters. <laughs> we believe that they're pulling from that a little bit for the plot of this movie. And Deadpool kills the Fox cinematic universe, right? So X Men, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, right? So the now the cameos, the people that are rumored to be in this movie now is insane. And highly confirmed because of people seeing them on set. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people that they're being seen filming scenes on set now. So this is crazy. So we saw, I think last episode we talked about Halle Berry mm-hmm. had basically posted a picture on Instagram with her and her storm haircut with yeah. the, the short, you know, white hair. We're like, okay, that's cool as crap. So that version of the X Men, to some extent, is going to be in yeah. somewhere. And I don't, I, I don't know if Richard Madsen and all, all the other people that were um, part of that original X Men cast are going to be in it. However, Richard Madden, right, right. Um, but the one that came out here recently, I mean, I'm kind of excited about the fact that we now have Jennifer Garner spotted on set. Yeah. We know who she played, yep. Electra. Ben, Aff- ben Affleck, too. So Ben Electra. Affleck, we heard, we had already said Ben Affleck was rumored to be in yep. as as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You know, her ex husband. Funny enough, they have children together, but she has now been spotted on set for Deadpool three. Yeah, as Electra. So we have Electra and 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 Daredevil. Daredevil. So Ben Affleck's version of Daredevil and Electra from his run, his movies. Um, <laughs> we've got. Now, rumors, Jessica Alba and Chris Evans are coming back yep. as their Fantastic Four characters. And Christopher Evans openly said this in an interview that he, while he wouldn't want to come back as Captain America because 
that character so special to him and the way that the, his run ended. He wouldn't, wouldn't want to spoil that unless it was for the right role and the right reasons, all those other things. This is a completely different character, completely different reason for him to come back. And he said, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. He said, it. he said, that would be fun. That would be interesting. And, yeah. and it is now heavily rumored that that version of the Fantastic Four is coming back for this movie. So again, all of these 20th Century Fox versions of Marvel characters. Rumor that Patrick Stewart is going to show up in this movie. Oh, no, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, this is going to be, I mean, it's going to be the cameo of cameos. Um, there's James, also James Marsden. That's the one who played Cyclops. Uh, right. Richard Madden's the guy who played uh, um, um, Icarus. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. James Marsden. But yeah, I mean, could be brothers. Yeah, they could be. They look very similar. But yeah, we, we, they, we have that whole original X Men team uh, that Wolverine was a part of, obviously. But man, it's looking like they're shooting for the stars. They are swinging for the fences for this movie. And can you imagine being in that theater, seeing all those original Fox actors and actresses and characters showing up? Just like what um, The Flash did, fan service would be off the fucking charts. Oh, my God. Off the charts. Oh, my God. Off but this charts. is, I mean, so so Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Was, so. yeah, yeah. And obviously, we, we saw some, we, you, you sent those to me. Uh, we got pictures of Ryan Reynolds in his new Deadpool costume. Yep. Very similar to his old costume, but a little bit of a few tweaks there. I mean, this movie is full bore, you know, full steam ahead in filming. And it's a multiverse movie. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's going to be all kinds of like uh, different characters from different timelines. It's going to be tremendous. I, I am so excited for this movie. Yeah. Now. The fact that they're filming it is what's really exciting. That it's actually moving forward. Oh, and and the actor that plays uh, Dopinder, uh, uh, the Indian actor, can't remember his name. The, plays the Brown Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy Brown Panther. <laughs> uh, he came out and said, "Look, this is a hard R movie. Yeah, like they are not pulling any punches. And so we feel that what's happening is Deadpool and Wolverine are going to these." different universes and different iterations of the Fox universe and killing off these characters, um, which is why the TVA is chasing them. And can you imagine like the, the horrific deaths that, that are going to happen on screen? Oh my gosh. This is going to be something. Oh, I can't, I literally, this is a movie that's on the schedule that I cannot wait to see yeah. again. Marvel's first, is it going to be their first rated R movie? Because it'll come out before Blade. We know Blade's going to be rated R as well, but it'll be Marvel's... Yeah, I can't think of another the rated The first R Marvel movie. Studios rated R movie, right? Right. Well, Craven's rated R, but, but that's it's Marvel not, Studios. It, that's Sony. It's Sony, right. So, yeah, I think this is Marvel's first. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. Yeah, I mean, and again, all these cameos just make it even better. I mean, it's Ugh. just, it's going to be so fun. All right, so that that's... Look, we'll, we'll stay tuned to that, and obviously they're filming right now so more set photos will leak and we'll see a lot more of this but man it's it's going to be a lot of fun um we do expect speaking of the marvels we do expect that a full trailer for that movie will come out before the end of secret invasion i do believe marvel had plans to show that full trailer at comic-con right. and it's in the can it's ready to go and since they're not going to Comic-Con now, this kind of lines up with the end of Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus and, and likely that that will drop around that time that the finale for Secret Invasion. They'll use it as a way to promote Secret Invasion. Um, so I do believe we're going to get... A, I mean, again, the teaser that we got, 
not long ago was a teaser trailer. It wasn't a full trailer. This will be the full go online, see the full minute trailer if you want to see it, and we'll get a little bit more idea about the plot of the movie and what's going on. Again, so you and I, I... We won't talk about Secret Invasion. I won't talk about Secret Invasion. I have a few things about it, but um, remind me to tell you something that I heard about Secret Invasion. When we talk about Secret when Invasion? When we talk about Secret okay. Invasion. Yeah. I will remind you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we should get a we should get a, a Marvel's trailer, full Marvel's trailer here before too long. I mean, that movie's coming out in uh, October, right? October or November? I'll tell you something. November. I'm looking forward to seeing the full trailer because my one. excitement my excitement level right now is dialed at a maybe two two excitement level, which is nothing. Um, so other than following Brie Larson on Instagram, wow. Anymore, <laughs> oh, okay, I won't even get into that. But she's gorgeous. She is a smoke show. Anyway, besides that. This movie uh, on my excitement level is really toned down. So Me a too. full a full trailer. Me too. It it really needs to to lock people in and get people excited for this. And I'm hoping a full trailer will because to be honest with you, that's the only Marvel movie we have this year until left. May of next year. Until May of next May year. May of next year. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's going to satiate us for I'm six really months. hoping this trailer knocks my socks off. Yeah, and and again, talk about, well, which we'll get into Secret Invasion here shortly, but, I mean, does Nick Fury have, like, the largest set of plot armor ever? You know, we know nothing's going to happen to him because he's in that movie. Right. <laughs> so right. he's in that movie, so... Uh, uh, you know, Is that the real Nick Fury, then? Oh, yeah, exactly. I guess that's the only <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, one last thing, uh, we had a huge announcement from James Gunn. Uh, not surprising, and I think I look. I love James Gunn. I do, and what he did with Guardians Three was special, and what he did with Peacemaker was special, and I yep. believe DC is in great hands going forward with him at the helm. And as much as we've talked about this before casting rumors and all these other things. There were rumors about who's going to be in Superman legacy and all this other stuff. And before the rumors even were able to start, he just came out and made the announcement. Yeah. He's like, here it is. So we do have our new Superman. It's David Cornsweet, and Rachel Brosnahan was, has been cast as Lois Lane. Um, yeah. Huge announcement came out. Great just, actors. Just made, great actors. Great, somewhat fit, unknown, but fit the bill. I mean, right. Rachel Brosnahan's, been a highly decorated, successful the marvelous Miss, Miss Maisel. Maisel. Yeah, she's won yeah. multiple Emmys and stuff like that. So she's um, very well known, but not a broad. Oh no, sense. not no. not not like a mainstream actress, but great actress. Yeah, fantastic. And, and and he could be the younger brother of. Oh, he looks oh. exactly like um, um, Harry Harvey Henry. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Henry. He looks exactly like Henry Cavill. Uh, younger, like 10 years younger, right? Yeah. yeah. He looks, and he's, he fits the bill. He's 28, 29 years old. Yeah. So he's much younger. Um, yep. and James Gunn has said that Superman in Superman legacy will be his age, which is about 29. Uh, so he's in his late twenties, uh, Superman yep. in that movie, which is very interesting, which right. is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for this, but yeah, he just came out and made the announcement, which is great. So that's great. Um, and he's at the helm of that project. He's written it. And he's also directing that movie. As you can imagine, being the first mainstream motion picture from his new DCU. He's all in on yeah. it. I mean, you know how James Gunn goes too. when he's on, he's all in. Yeah. And I 
have high hopes for that movie. Yeah. I think that movie's going to kick major ass. He's put so much pressure on himself for that. Of and, course. And he's, he's touted and made public comments about how there's no superhero fatigue. There's just bad stories and bad writing. <laughs> I love it. And, I and love James Gunn. So he's, he's come out publicly and said that. And to do that and not have something in the quill to really just pierce people in the heart and, and get them emotionally involved in this in this movie. This is the movie out of the bat. This is this is his his statement that he's making and will set the tone for the future of what his chapter, Gods versus Monsters chapters will and, be. And we don't know too much about the plot of that movie. Um, we don't know who the villain's gonna be. Nope. I, it makes a ton of sense. If Lex Luthor Paul is H maybe? Maybe, but if Lex Luthor is not the main villain, they will establish Lex Luthor, Luthor in that movie as an antagonist sure. to some extent, whether it's behind the scenes, kind of knowing what's going on, but not doing anything. And whether they, I mean, there's a million Superman uh, villains that they've never used in any movie. Like somebody like Brainiac yep. would be, would be a huge one for them to use. But um Wow, I mean, I, I I'm super looking forward to this. It, Me too. It, and you're right, though, Titanium. I, you know, we talked about this when we reviewed Guardians Three. Such a good story, so well written, such great development of a villain, and just the interpersonal reactions between all of the characters were spot on. And I agree with his statement: write good scripts, you know, cast good actors and actresses. Um, Make the story compelling to the audience, and they'll go see it. No question. And we, yeah, you know, so so thoughtful that he did with Guardians that uh, he closed out that chapter in the way that he did. Uh, very tough to do when you have characters that people are just so invested in. And I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, and I mean, there's even other rumors out there now that you know you saw the tagline at the end of, uh, of the post credit scene that that the uh, what's the the infamous Star Lord will return, or yeah, whatever, right. And so, um, there's now a rumor that potentially he may be getting his own Disney Plus series or something. You know that Star Lord will will have his own kind of the thing. legendary Star legendary Star Lord. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, so we we may see something that's just Star Lord, which would be great too. I More mean, Chris Pratt, please. Yeah. I mean, I I love that guy. So he's yeah. He he obviously they hit a home run with casting him yeah. too. So. All right, let's get into uh, our topic of the week this week, brought to us by our friends, uh, Studio GG Studios, home of the main band, Corn of the Cob. Uh, Go! What's up, boys? And you uh, spent some time with Tiny Tim here this last week, right? So, Oh, yeah, Tiny Tim. He he actually won our fishing tournament down there at the lake, Tiny Tim. He, he pulled a monster out of that lake, and uh, uh, we have a trophy and a jacket. A oh, really? bass, a bass fishing jacket, a blue light blue jacket, and a and a trophy. And every winner every year signs the back of it and puts the pound of the fish. Wow! Uh, yeah, so it's on his mantle right now until next. Way year. to go, Tiny Tim! Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, our topic of the week this week is our reviews of episodes two and three of Secret Invasion. Since uh, we we skipped an episode last week for the holiday, uh, we'll go through them real quick. Um, your thoughts on Secret Invasion? So here's what we know. It's not doing well. Yeah. Not many people are watching it. From what we understand, it's not doing well on Disney+. Plus. It is not one of their better, most watched um, series. 
which which leads me to believe, which brings me to what I wanted to tell you before. Okay, so this is what I heard. Okay, okay. So a lot of people that I know, uh, I've asked about secret invasion. You guys just aren't interested in that. You aren't interested in that. Uh, some of the ladies say the lizards throw me off. I'm like, okay, I get that. <laughs> the lizards, I get that. And the other half say. I'm going to wait till it goes all the way so I can binge it. And I said, interesting. That's weird. They, people, especially the younger kids. They don't like, they don't like waiting. They don't like waiting every week. They'd rather blow it off, forget about it. And then binge it once the whole series has dropped. Yeah. And I, I kind of like what Netflix has done recently. So they used to drop. 13 episode seasons just drop it and all 13 episodes are out at one time like uh-huh. when we watched you know I, I you know the first you know season of dare daredevil or the first season of iron fist where it's 13 episodes Luke Cage, yeah. you just drop them they're all out yeah um recently what they've done with their series instead of uh doing it serially where they're going to release an episode every week they drop the first half mm-hmm which way they, they have done recently did that with uh, Witcher season three just came out. So they dropped the first half of Witcher season three. And then uh, a month later, they're going to drop the second half of the season. So they did six episodes. And I'm going to drop the next six episodes a, a month later. They just had another series came out, the Lincoln lawyer season two, they dropped the first half right now. And the next half will come out next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is good enough that if people want to binge five or six episodes, great. And then they have to wait. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, you'll have a mid season kind of finale and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? I have to wait a month. Um, that's kind of cool. I agree with you. I think this generation's so used to binging stuff, you know, after the fact, or you know, I'm gonna go back and watch Dark Mirror or whatever. Yeah. I'm just gonna watch them all, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um I agree with you that that's cultures. Here here's what I and you asked me what my impression of it is. I think one of the better casts that marvel has ever had in a disney plus series overall i say from top to bottom the cast is really good mm-hmm. um samuel jackson's amazing he's fantastic yep. i think um talos uh mendelson um is awesome mm-hmm. he's incredible he's a great actor and he plays that role really well yeah i think um Gaia is really well cast i think you know i think so really good i think the good ca- and we've got uh who plays uh, Fallsworth, the 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 British actress? Um, she's incredibly famous. Yeah. And she, you know, but I think the cast is phenomenal. Yeah, I think the story is good so far. Has been a little slow, mm-hmm. um, which has been a, a criticism of some of these serial series before. Um, I kind of waiting for the other foot to shoe to drop. You know, kind of thing. I'm like, can we just tell us what's going on already? Yeah. Uh, and we're halfway through now. So, spy thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Nick Fury and Talos, that relationship is unbelievable. And they set that relationship up and they built that arc between those two. And I thought they did a brilliant job. From the original Captain Marvel movie yes. and then ultimately in Spider-Man uh, yes. uh, Far From Home. It's it's probably one of the greater relationships that Marvel has kind of fostered and kind of nurtured into becoming uh, really special on screen. And, and remind me when we go, th- we'll go through the episodes real quick and talk about it. But remind me at the end, I want to ask you a question that has come to mind for me that I want to get your opinion on. Okay. Uh, about something that potentially might be going on that we may or may not be aware of at the moment. Um, 
So first, uh, episode two. Uh, so this was like the aftermath of episode one. Maria Hill had died at the end of episode one. Huge death. So Huge. sorry, Colby Smolders, Smoke Show, you're <laughs> dead, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I love the, what was it? The uh, Marvel released one of their uh, shorts on um, TikTok and, and YouTube of, you know, the, the cast reacts to episode one. And Colby Smolders gets on there. She goes, "What the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> it was great, you know. So that was that was great. Um, but they're dealing with that the, the aftermath of the the botched, you know, kind of uh, attack that the scrolls had, and they blew up that square in Russia. Um, and they're escaping. Uh, Talos and Nick Fury are escaping Russia. Um, we find out that Nick had been using. Uh, there was a scene early in the episode of Nick Fury back after the Captain Marvel movie, um, in his younger days, basically talking to all of the scrolls that were had remained and said, "I can protect you. I can find you a new home, but in exchange, I need you to come work for me." Mm-hmm. And it was all that group of scrolls that were that left over at the end of the uh, Captain Marvel movie that he was going to help them find a new home, but in exchange, they were going to become his spy network. Well, yeah. Captain Marvel also was looking for uh, yeah. a, a home for him. And in the meantime, he was going to take care of them. I mean, they don't have jobs. They don't have identities. Right. They don't have license. Uh, they have the look of some people that they've kind of taken over, but they don't have money. They don't have any of that. So he's going to kind of take care of them and, and they're going to work for him. And they're going to work for him and become super spies. Yeah, and we find out in the next episode that that his success in Shield was largely built. He oh. rose up through the ranks and became the director of Shield largely because of this scroll spy network that he had at his disposal and the information that he yeah. got from them. Yeah, I mean, we talked. You know, they were saying that they got you know the the information that led to the hit in uh, that that the Black Widow put on. Drakoff's daughter in, right. was all because of scroll intel, right? right? You know, we found all this stuff. It's incredible insight. Um, but in their escape from Russia and their train ride away from from Russia, uh, Talos reveals that all of the other scrolls that were out there in space without a home world, they had sent the signal out to them to have them come to Earth, and that there were now a million scrolls living on Earth. Yeah, and Nick Fury was like, "What? Yeah, like I thought there was like thirty of you, right? And now all of a sudden, I find out there's a million of you living it's here. A lot, yeah. And 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 then his mind starts racing, like, like who is who and who's pretending to be who? Oh my God! I mean, yeah. it's like, and he was pretty pissed. And then uh, we find out Gravik. Um, Go, there's a council, an inner council of scrolls, and we find out that the scrolls are uh, imitating the prime minister of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, one, the one guy, Shooter McGavin, who plays like kind of like a Fox News correspondent. Yeah, like a, news, yeah. Like a very prominent media right. mogul. The director of the United Nations yeah. is being in, uh, portrayed by a scroll. So these all these heads of major, you know, heads of state across the world are scrolls, and they're in this inner council. Um, and Gravik basically goes to him and says, look, we're in war. We're going to take over the earth. Scroll earth is going to be the scrolls new home. And, and I'm here to foster this new age for our people. And they make him their general. Yeah. And they said, we're at war. You're our general. Right. Huge coup for him. Um, 
Because remember, if it, there was a nuclear war, the radiation doesn't affect scrolls. Right. So they would survive so a nuclear they're war. They're fostering a nuclear war between the, the superpowers. The superpowers. Right. So uh, we also see Rhodey um, comes to town, and we it's a meeting that we'd seen from the trailers where he's having you know kind of a, a, a lunch or a drink with, with Nick Fury, and he confronts him and says, what happened in Russia? You know, you botched this mission, and Maria Hill's dead, and it's your your fault, your responsibility, and basically fires him. Yeah, says you know I'm here, and Nick Fury was playing the not basically did. Yeah, Nick Fury is playing the card of like, you know, what are you doing, Rhodey? How you know? Do you know what's happening? You know, you know these scrolls could be imitating anybody. How well do you know your your security detail? And he's like, well. You know, I've been aware of the scroll thing for about, you know, 10 years now. You know, he's talking about I was he said I was part of a secret kind of, you know, we we saw some landings around the world and we kind of knew what was going on. He's like, oh, I didn't know you knew all that. But, you know, Nick Fury's like, they could be anybody. You know, how do, who do you trust? Right. And, you know, he was also telling him, like, you know, look, you know, we got to look out for each other. And Rhodey's like. You botched it. You screwed up, and I'm here to fire you. I thought it was weird that he called him Nick, though. He usually calls him Fury. I thought that was weird. Nobody calls him Suspicious. Nick. Yeah, right. Right, right. So um, that scene right there, that scene produced probably one of the greatest lines in Marvel history. That scene right there. And it was laid out by Nick Fury. Which was? Even when I'm out, I'm in. Yeah. That was awesome. It, that was his last words to Rhodey when he walked out. Yep. Samuel Jackson kicked he's, he's ass awesome. in that scene. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, during the attack in the square in Russia, in Moscow, one of the scrolls was captured, and that was part of their plot because he kept saying, I'm an American, I'm an American, I'm an American. Remember, the, their yeah. plot was to, to blame it on these these this rogue group of Americans who were against American Russia. freedom fighter, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he had been captured, and um, Fallsworth, uh, the British uh, MI6 director, I think she is, um, she interrogates him in some Russian prison, or I guess it was a meat locker. It was meat a butcher locker. shop. It was yeah. a meat locker in Russia, uh, but she interrogates him. Uh, and interesting interrogation uh, tactics. First, she cuts off his finger, uh, which the finger turns into a scroll finger when she cuts it off. She's right. like, well, now that we know that you're a scroll, let's get to the, the questions. And she injects him with a serum that boils his blood at like 140 degrees or right. something, you know, 200 degrees or whatever. Once your blood starts boiling, you're going to start talking really quickly, uh, which was so interesting. She's a badass. I mean, I, she, she was awesome. Uh, but he reveals that, the scrolls are building a machine and it's a machine that's going to take their race to the next level of right. evolution. And then a following scene, we see Gaia follow some people down into kind of the, the bowels of this nuclear reactor, abandoned nuclear reactor. They're living. And she finds the machine. And there's a couple of human doctors who are running this DNA research and build, helping them build this machine. And she's like, what is this for? Right. Uh, so that was really interesting as well. The finding the machine uh, aspect of things. Um, but the end of the, f the second episode was the, the big reveal. Nick Fury goes back home to his house, walks in, and we see a woman who is actually a scroll cooking dinner. Yeah. And he walks in and she turns into a, a human, uh, puts on his wedding ring 
gives her a kiss. We find out not only is he married, but he's married to a scroll. Yeah. So huge reveal. Oh yeah. That you know he's married and he's married to a scroll, which yeah. you know was like a. We a, met her earlier when in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. yeah Gravik when she she was the one who introduced Gravik to him when he was a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So huge, big, big, big reveal there. Um, so obviously he's he's very much a scroll. Um, not just a protector of the scrolls and helping Talos and all of his people, but he's, you know, married to one and in love with one, yeah. you know, to some extent. So a uh, huge reveal there. Then we get in episode three. Um, Gravik is showing the machine to the inner council um, and telling them about what the machine is going to His base. Oh, oh, he's going to sneeze. I was going to sneeze. Yeah, in in the second episode, uh, his basic plan, yeah, what he's envisioning, and that one of the things that Gaia had found out on the computer was that they had been taking DNA samples from a bunch of different things, and we saw the DNA samples from Groot, Cole Obsidian, the extremist soldiers, mm-hmm. and the Frost Troll from from Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, not Ragnarok, uh, Thor Dark Dark World, Dark World. Yeah, yeah. Um, a big giant uh, beast. That was on that planet that chased them. That came to Earth through the thing, right? right? Yeah. But they had gotten these DNA samples and they had fed and the them call into the machine. Was, that's one of Thanos's. Yeah, it's the hand that yeah. uh, Wong mm. cut off. Was yes. that what they had? They had the hand that yes. Wong cut off. But they had used all that DNA to feed it into this machine. And Gravik at the beginning of episode three basically tells the council, here's our plan. We have this machine. It's going to help, ev- you know take our DNA to the next level and it's going to create super scrolls. So we use the word super scrolls, right? So uh, that was a big reveal there. Um, Then he talked about their plot to, he's going to infiltrate the Royal Navy. They're going to take over this Royal Navy submarine. They're going to shoot down with a missile from the submarine. We're going to shoot down a UN plane. It's going to start world war three. Basically that's our plot. Yeah. Right. Um, Talos meets with Gravik to have a parlay. They want to kind of talk things through and see if they can come to an agreement um, and find out that, you know, Gravik has all the people in the museum are him, you know, are scrolls, you know, protecting him. They're just playing to be real people. Um, And Gravik threatens to kill Gaia. You know, he's like, you know, I should have killed her a long time ago. Maybe I'll just send her back to you in a body bag. And Talos stabs him in the hand and says, you know, don't, you know, don't touch my daughter, all this other stuff. And then keep her name out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he pulls his hand away from the knife and we see the extremist uh, glow on his hand and it kind Fire, of heals yep. the wound. Heals itself. So, so he's already been pushed. He's used yeah. the machine, yeah. right? So we know he's used the machine. Um, and then we see um, uh, Fury and Talos. Fury comes to Talos in a bar, even though they had a fight the previous episode and says, hey... I need your help. We got to stop this attack. Uh, I've got a lead. You know, he had, had spoken to Fallsworth, who had basically said the person in charge of the submarine is this this Commodore Fairbanks, and here's where he lives. And all this. so Fury needs Talos's help. You know, kind of going to Fairbanks's home and you know compelling him to stop the attack. We find out that Fairbanks is being put, portrayed by a scroll, and his entire security details all scrolls as well. Um, Talos ends up killing Fairbanks. And doesn't have the code word to stop the attack, but ends up calling Gaia, and she's able to get the code word uh, to him uh, by looking up the memories. They find Commodore in in one yeah. of those like little machines. Um, she gets the code word, 
and gives it to Talos, who ends up stopping the attack. Uh, so the attack is thwarted. And then he's like, tells Gaia, you got to run. You got to get out of there. They're going to know you're the one who gave it to me. And she's escaping on a motorcycle. Gravik stops her and basically says, hey, the whole reason that we did this entire thing was not to shoot down the plane. It would have been great if we did, but that wasn't the reason we did it. We had to f- uncover the mole. And we mole. found out it's you. Yeah. And he ends up shooting her. Oof. Shooting her, kills her right there. Um and then uh, the end scene, which was incredible, is Fury's wife had gotten a phone call earlier in the episode from somebody we don't know who, but Fury was a little dubious. He wasn't sure what was going on there. Well, then she gets she gets sent to a bank with a safe deposit box, opens it up, and finds a gun in the safe deposit box, and she makes a phone call, and the voice on the phone is Rhodey telling her, she's like, I need to speak to Gravik, and he's he's like... You got me, yeah. you know, you, you don't, you can't speak to gravity. You, you're talking to me and it's Rhodey's voice. So Is it Rhodey's voice? It's Rhodey's voice. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Oh yeah. That's wow. Rhodey's voice. Oh boy. So it was Rhodey who was on the phone. She, she made a phone call. The voice said, you know, you need to be at this place at this time and location. And so we she, think Rhodey's a scroll. Yes. That yeah. was the confirmation that Rhodey's a scroll. Wow. Is that his voice was the one on the phone speaking to her. So that was the big end of that episode. That's crazy. So one of the, the, the popular theories out there, which I kind of picked up on, is that we're seeing multiple versions of Nick Fury in the show. I, I picked up on that, too, because sometimes he's wearing an eye patch and sometimes he's not. No, sometimes he's wearing those glasses and sometimes he's not. Yes. Right. So he has those those real weird rimmed glasses yeah. that he used during the uh, bombing scene in Russia yeah. that let him see like the infrared and everything. And so it's, there's obviously something technology in the glasses and you can see when he's wearing the glasses, he's always talking to somebody that he's trying to learn more from. And maybe they, he can hear, see their heartbeat and their heart rhythm and, and tell if they're lying or not. Right. So the person I think we see with the glasses on is the real, the real Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Yeah. And the person without the glasses is maybe a scroll pretending to be Nick Fury. And so there's several scenes, like the scene where they go to Admiral Fallsworth's house is the other Nick Fury. And we're like, so again, theory there that you know, we know that Talos's wife is dead, but potential theory that she is still alive and helping Nick Fury and interesting could be playing him in certain situations. And so there's multiple Nicks. So nobody calls him Nick, by the way, but... Um, there, there's a theory out there that we're seeing multiple Nick Nick Furies out there. So I, like, I, I would, you, I would you know, not be you don't surprised. Know. Yeah, you don't know. You have this, no idea. That's what makes this show so great. There's so many twists and turns, and there's so much uh, espionage, spy stuff going on that you just don't know. And the whole aspect of the scrolls being able to change and be whoever they want to be is crazy. It's crazy, and it, and that's why it's such a big threat. You is know? that what you wanted to talk, talk yeah. about? Yeah, and, and and they mentioned also that. You know, um, a couple of times they said, well, what happens when the Avengers show up? And that's why Gravik said, well, I've planned for that. Right. We're going to get our own superpowers. Right. right. That's what this machine is for. Right. If the Avengers do show up, we're going to have our own superpowers. Huge ending with Gaia being shot. But well, we know she's still in the series because we've seen trailer trailers scenes. of her still in it. Well, I mean, it's quite obvious that she's, she's used the used machine. The machine. And she's got extremist powers. She's got the yeah. We'll see at the beginning of the episode. But they don't know that. We'll we'll be a flashback of her using the machine. Yep. 
and giving herself the powers. And then he shoots her. And we see her lying on the ground with a bullet wound. Also, the bullet wound will heal, and then she'll get up on the motorcycle and 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 leave. Yeah. And so she's. I think that's what's going to happen too. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I like this show a lot. I think it's smart. Uh, I don't know why it's not doing as well. It it has, I think, the third lowest um, views out of any Marvel Disney Plus show. Obviously, Miss Marvel was uh, number one at the bottom of the barrel. Um, but this show has got the third lowest views. And, and I'm not sure why, um, because I really think it's smart. It's adult. And the only thing I can think of is that people are waiting for it to completely launch yeah. and then binge it. Yeah, I, I do believe it has been a little slow. And I do believe, you know, they're, they've used these first three episodes to kind of, you know, what I'll say, set up the threat. What is the threat? How big is the threat? How real is the threat? Now we right. know there's a million scrolls on Earth uh, portraying some major heads of state and people in huge levels of influence across the world. Um, they have this massive plot to take over the earth by creating world war three amongst these superpowers. And we don't know who's a scroll and who's not. That's yeah. where we are right now. And, and eventually, you know, we're going to get, get to the point where, where fury has to basically decide, you know, Hey, we, we need to take some action here. So, well, episode four, episode six, typically in Disney plus shows are pretty big episodes. So right. we got episode four uh, yeah. this week. It'll so it'll be a big one. I think so. Excellent. Professor. Thank you, sir. The bell has rung. School's over. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back. We'll be back next week for more super talk to get in touch with us on social media. Hit us up via email, super talk podcast at outlook.com or at super talk pod on Twitter until then stay super everyone. Mm-hmm.